Well, all right, everybody, I'm Logan Alec, I'm a CPA, and this is my update for Tuesday, November 24th. Before we get into stimulus, I wanna mention something. Later today, right here on the channel, I will be posting part one of my conversation with a Harvard-trained emergency room physician who actually co-wrote a piece in the Journal of Emergency Medicine with the inventor of the N95 mask. Part one of that conversation will post later today, right here on the channel. Part one will focus on just clearing up questions about COVID-19, and in part two, which we'll post tomorrow, we get deeper into talking about masks and vaccines. He showed me how to properly wear a mask without fogging out my glasses. We talked about how we've been able to produce a vaccine so quickly. Is that safe? Should we be concerned about that? We get into all that stuff. So you definitely don't want to miss those videos posting today as well as tomorrow right here on the channel. Anyway, on to stimulus. The Hill ran an article yesterday, Democrats face increasing pressure to back smaller COVID-19 stimulus. It says that Democratic Senator Chris Coons of Delaware, who is close to Biden, would support something below $2.2 trillion, with 2.2 obviously being being Nancy Pelosi's lowest offer yet for second stimulus. But Senator Coons also believes that Mitch McConnell's skinny bill offer is inadequate to meet the country's needs right now. He said that though he would like it to be as close to $2 trillion or above as possible, Senator Coons is not so much concerned about what the top line dollar amount is specifically, as much as he's concerned that it's broad enough to help everybody who needs help right now. House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer said he hopes we can get agreement and it may not be everything that everybody wants, but he at least wants some significant relief for the people. He said if Congress needs to do something else next year, they can do other things next year, but let's get relief out now. Senator Tim Kaine said he thinks something in the $1.8 trillion to $2.2 trillion range makes a lot of sense. And even Republicans, the Hill points out that Republican Senators Lindsey Graham of South Carolina and Susan Collins of Maine have both said that something more than $500 billion is necessary. Democratic Senator Debbie Stabenow was on CNBC's Squawk Box this morning. She said we should all be concerned about getting help to the economy. She brought up the upcoming cliffs for the PUA as well as other elements. She said her biggest concern is that half of Senate Republicans will not support any more stimulus in her view. She said that rather than looking at specific numbers and arguing about that, we should look at everybody who needs help right now, even if it's short term. She said she'd love to see a large comprehensive package moving forward, but if that's not achievable, well, that's okay, as long as it's comprehensive in terms of reaching everybody who needs it. She refused to put a specific dollar amount on what exactly she wants, but she said any relief should at least cover people for a few months, maybe even through the first quarter 2021. She claimed that there are bipartisan conversations happening in the Senate right now about stimulus, and she said that she wants to make sure that everyone is getting support, not just the airline industry, not just small businesses through PPP and all that. Yesterday on Fox Business, Problem Solvers Caucus co-chairs Tom Reed, the Republican chair, and Josh Gottheimer, the Democratic chair, both said that passing COVID-19 relief during the lame duck session is extremely important. Reed said that a $2 trillion package is not going to happen. He said that ship has sailed. I would say the ship was never there to begin with. But according to his conversations with the administration, something between $500 billion and $1 trillion is a possibility, and that Trump would be willing to sign something in that ballpark. Gottheimer said that now is the time to get back to the table, and that there are some senators from both sides of the aisle who want to get something done. He said he wants something done this week and that both sides need to stop the games. They talked about the expiration of the PEUC as well as the PUA. Reid said there is bipartisan support for extending things like that as well as for the unemployment boost, but not to the tune of $600 per week. He said people are on board with the idea of giving unemployed people relief and extending that, but not giving people more money than they were getting while working. He also highlighted the importance of the PPP, food assistance and housing assistance. The hard part, he said, is to push politics out of the way 
and put people first, not the politics. So the main takeaway of this conversation is that at least according to information obtained by Congressman Tom, uh, Reed, Trump would be willing to sign something at this time in the half a trillion to one trillion dollar range. At half a trillion, we're obviously not seeing stimulus checks. At one trillion, eh, maybe. Think back to the Heels Act, for instance. But if that is true, that Trump would sign that which I think he would. He said he wants stimulus. So clearly, if Pelosi gets on board with something like that, it would pass the House, it would pass the Senate, and it would be signed by the president. In terms of White House transition news, Emily W. Murphy, the administrator of the General Services Administration, said yesterday that her agency would give the Biden transition team the necessary resources to ensure a smooth transfer of power to the new administration. Trump, while not conceding the election, did say that he has instructed aides and officials to cooperate with her. He tweeted, in the best interest of our country, I am recommending that Emily and her team do what needs to be done with regard to initial protocols and have told my team to do the same. Later yesterday, the Biden team made contact with officials at the Department of Defense as well as other departments. Nevertheless, White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows sent an email out today to various White House officials saying that unless specifically authorized, West Wing staff should not speak directly with a member of the Biden transition team. Also, it is being reported that former Federal Reserve Chairwoman Janet Yellen will be Biden's nominee for Treasury Secretary. She would be the first woman to hold this position if confirmed. This will obviously be interesting. If she's confirmed, which I think she will be, regardless of who wins the Georgia runoffs, she will certainly have an interesting relationship with Jerome Powell. It's unsure right now if Biden will replace Jerome Powell. We know, though, that Powell has been a strong voice for and proponent of more stimulus, so Biden may certainly keep him around. But regardless, now that Janet Yellen is looking like she'll be on the fiscal side of things, I'm sure she'll be having very interesting conversations with her successor, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell, particularly with respect to those lending facilities that Mnuchin, the current Treasury Secretary, will let expire on December 31st. In terms of COVID-19, we saw 179,167 COVID-19 cases yesterday nationwide with 1,032 deaths. Here's the latest hotspot map. You can see the Midwest is just really... Wow, the latest wave of COVID-19 is really centered on the heartland, so to speak. Utah Governor Gary Herbert announced yesterday that Utah is removing the mandate against social gatherings of those from different households, instead simply making it a recommendation. Yesterday, 917,000 people were screened by TSA at airports across the country, and over 1 million the day before that. This is still less than half the traveler numbers seen in the days before Thanksgiving last year, but that's still a lot of people. Speaking of airline travel, quantity which is Australia's largest airline, plans to make COVID-19 vaccines, when they're available, mandatory for all passengers wanting to fly on Qantas internationally. I imagine that many other airlines will follow suit. What do you think of this? Do you think that airlines forcing passengers to receive a COVID-19 vaccine before flying is a no-brainer public health decision? Or do you disagree with this? Let me know in the comments. Toronto began lockdown yesterday, but interestingly enough, they are leaving schools open there because according to Doug Ford, Ontario's premier, they do not want to put in-class learning at risk and educating students is what matters most. The government of Hong Kong is ordering all bars and nightclubs to close starting Thursday as the city is seeing a fourth wave of COVID-19 cases. Also, in vaccine news, a Russian vaccine known as Sputnik V is reportedly showing an efficacy rate of 95% in preliminary results from clinical trials. However, we do not know how large this group was, and the vaccine maker did not specify the data. 
you know, how many people got sick in the vaccinated group versus the placebo group. About Regeneron, real quick, today the federal government will begin distributing doses of the COVID-19 treatment. Regeneron, about 30,000 doses today with more in the coming weeks. All right, everybody, that is my update for today. Thank you so much for watching. And be sure to stay tuned for later today when I'll be posting part one of my interview with a Harvard-trained doc who knows a lot about COVID-19 and has seen its effects firsthand in the emergency room. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.